Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. All right, so just a few moments ago, CBS News was talking about that, um, like Oscar Mayer has given away a couple of weddings in the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes. In Vegas. Yes. Troy, I know you're a hot dog guy. Rarely see you at, at a game without one. And that's when you're working. If you could do your wedding all over again, renew the vows. No way in hell. Not in the Wienermobile? No. What's no. wrong with Oscar Mayer? In the Wienermobile. Let's just say that there would be no way that I would be allowed to, first of all. Oh. So it's the missus calling the shots. But did she, I mean, did she not get to call the shots for the first one? <laughs> Shouldn't you get the uh, opportunity to call the shots for the second one? I know it's not going to happen. We'll put it that way. Is it Vegas that's a problem? Uh, that would probably be less of an issue than the Wienermobile, honestly. I don't know. If you ask a uh, 10-year-old Mitch, see, I'm not really a marriage guy. I don't really think that's that's just not my thing. Um, But if you gave me the opportunity to get married in the Wienermobile in Vegas, <laughs> you know, I'm listening. Oh, my. I remember I, I, was, I was probably eight or nine, and I saw the Wienermobile, like, actually driving on the interstate near Kansas City. And I was like, whoa, oh, my God, it's the Wienermobile. It's like seeing the Grand Canyon for the first time as an adult. The appreciation I had for the view of actually seeing the Wienermobile in person, that was a big deal. I I think it was probably because I think back then, like, they actually showed the Wienermobile in the commercials. Maybe it was something else, like maybe Nickelodeon was tied in with it for some reason. But I knew as a kid it was a big deal. But also probably had it in my mind. There's just one out there. So the odds of seeing it, very slim. But I saw it in person, actually driving on the road. And I really wanted to ask the people driving, are there hot dogs in there? Are you actually hauling eight packs of wieners? Because if they're not... I need to find out. Then I think I mature, mature very quickly. I'm like, I'm now realizing 
you know, just advertising, baby. How many of the Wienermobiles are actually out there in terms of a fleet? Because I mean, it's it, gra- it is great advertising. It's so unique that you can actually drive a hot dog. Six. Wow. There are six Wienermobiles that operate throughout the U.S. Childhood shattered. Sharing photos and videos on social media, answering questions about the brand and the vehicle, and distributing swag. So yes, you may be lucky that there are hot dogs in there. By the way, most frequently asked question, is there a bathroom in that thing? Nah, I never thought that. It's not a weenie bago. Well, it's also, that's good. That That's their joke. I don't think it's tall enough to have a bathroom, if that makes sense. No, you're probably right. It's not like an RV. It's not that tall. I, I just figured, yeah, it's got to be, you know, something that just hauls a bunch of gear around all the time. But at least assume there's enough room to haul around a grill so you can make some dogs when you stop. Have you seen one up close? A Wienermobile? Yeah. Yeah, I just told you. I saw one driving in Kansas City. Well, I like meant, no, I meant been able to walk around. Oh, no. And, and like, actually check it out? No. There, there's a retired one at the Ford in Detroit. At the Henry Ford in Detroit. I've I've been to that museum, but I don't remember the uh, I don't remember the Wienermobile. I remember the uh, Rosa Parks bus. Mm-hmm. Got to go on that. Interestingly, in one it. of one of the streetcars that is on display in there was actually from Fort Collins. What's that? Where they had uh, redone some of the line, uh, and were actually trying to figure out a way to try and get that car back from the Ford. It so, was, it was it, one of those fights that's never going to end. That trip to Detroit, that was my first trip I ever took that was like away from my family. I was a freshman in high school. There were a bunch of pretty girls on the trip because it's at Leo's Club that I've told you about. Mm-hmm. It's like the Lions Club for those that are not adults. And I remember coming home, like I had a bunch of phone numbers on my arm. I thought I was the coolest kid ever. But on one of the days that we were there in Detroit, we went to the Henry Ford Museum. And on display, one of the first cars that we saw when we went in was the limo that JFK was mm-hmm. assassinated in. Yep. But the cover was over it, and the windows were tinted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, this would be way cooler if it was open. But when it's all like the inside of the car is all covered up, and you can't see in it, and it's just a big black car, big limo, eh, it's not as cool. I need Although to. Although it was really pretty cool. I, I need to go back and take a look at the photos I've got from that trip. Uh, unfortunately, the last trip of length that my father-in-law got to go on. Well, that was also so far back that didn't have a digital camera. I had the disposable sure. cameras. Sure. And it was my first time using one, and I didn't know you needed to like preload the flash. Oops. And the Henry Ford Museum is a, you know, it's not the most, you know, when it comes to, you know, light bulbs, it's not the most lit place. No. And so a lot of my pictures didn't turn out too well. But my picture on the Rosa Parks bus wasn't too bad. They didn't allow us to sit up front. Welcome to the game, Mitch Fortner and Troy Coverdale. <laughs> Wow. Yay, yay, yay. They didn't. I got gotcha. you. like, if you want to sit down, you have to go to the back. Oh, boy. 
Uh, coming up in the show, uh, we're going to Mason vote from EMA Online. It's been a while, actually, since we've been able to catch up with Mason. Uh, we're going to tackle a lot of topics with Mason coming up a little bit later on. That's going to be at 510. Uh, some questions have been answered that we didn't cover the last time we had Gene Taylor on with Ask the AD, hosted by Brian Smoller. And it's the typical kind of annual questions at these po- at this point. Then we'll get answered coming up at about 525. I got my weekly top 10. It's been a while since I've been able to do that. Right now, I just kind of want to go over a few details about what we know, like what's the latest with K-Statement's basketball and right now where it's at with recruiting. Transfer portal, uh, three scholarships to fill right now. And I say right now is because you you can still jump into the portal for another month. So you never know if another cat decides to jump in. Or, uh, you know, what happens for the next month. Uh, what we did learn over the Easter break, or Easter weekend, I should say, not really a break. Uh, but LJ Cryer, transferring from Baylor, has picked Houston. Another guard in, in uh, Traymond Marks, transferring from Houston, did have K-State in his final four. I, You know, from what I was hearing, K-State was never too heavily involved with him, and Mark ends up picking Arkansas. So they are now off the board. Still on the board, I would imagine at the top of the of most of the big boards when it comes to K-State and recruiting the portal would be Or Roberts, Max Asmus, who has got one year of eligibility remaining. He's a six-foot guard. By God, can he shoot it, and by God, can he score? I would imagine he's still at the top of the list. However, we also just recently found out a couple of players in the portals have now once again narrowed down their lists, and K-State has made the cut. Now, maybe right behind Max Asmus on that big board would be a grad transfer from Hostra and another guard in Aaron Estrada. Now, I will say, when it comes to the names that's been put out there as potential targets for K-State... This might be my favorite that could be fun to announce, Estrada. According to On3, he has cut his list down to four teams, Alabama, Cincinnati, Florida, and K-State. He's 6'3", 195 pounds. This past season averaged 20 points, five and a half rebounds, and four assists. So pretty solid, right? He has already visited Cincy has plans to visit visit the other three schools. I think that's the next step, right? K-State has guys they've already reached out to, established some dialogue. Now the next step is trying to get them to visit, trying to get them on campus because, boy, I tell you what, the track record so far for K-State bringing in guys for a visit and then they end up landing at K-State is extremely strong. I don't... I, I can't tell you how many misses they have exactly. I think I, only one comes to mind, and he stayed home at Detroit Mercy. Uh, Estrada has one year of eligibility remaining. Very good player, as I said earlier. That'd be a strong get. Um, you know, and a lot of with with the recruiting from the portal, from what I understand, like a lot of timing comes into play, and also just you know who they prefer over others. They got three spots open. They want a couple of guards, and they want a big. And 
when it comes to the bigs, and that's why I bring up the priority thing, is because there's another player that has narrowed his list down, and he's a 6'11", 40, does have two years of eligibility remaining. He's spent the prior three of Virginia in Caden Shedrick. Now, Caden has had a very limited role in Charlottesville, where this past season is where he has played his most basketball, and you know he's he's averaging less than you know 18 minutes a game so he's not even playing a half of basketball throughout his career so far and he's been averaging 6 points 4 rebounds and a block and a half per game and he finishes at about 64% around the hoop now he has a lot of upside he's from Amsterdam Netherlands so case they could have a couple of bigs from the Netherlands heading into next year there's already a bond right there with Shedrick and and David Gasson a lot of upside. And if he were to get, get a bigger role, which that's, um, that's exactly what he's looking for. He has a ton of potential looking for a, potential looking for a bigger role. Could he be a good fit at K-State? I, I think he could. I think he absolutely could. Looking to improve as well. Looking for that spot to have a bigger role, and K-State could be that place. However, where the priority thing comes into play is there's another big that has recently jumped into the portal and it's somebody I really want K-State to go after. Uh, he is from Syracuse. He's a 6'11 senior with one year of eligibility remaining. I'm sorry, um, Caden Shedrick, not from the Netherlands. He's from North Carolina. This player is from the Netherlands, so excuse me. But just one year of eligibility remaining from Syracuse is Jesse Edwards. So Jesse Edwards, the last two years, have been a starter. Now, what has Coach Tang been looking for in a big? He wants a guy that can play good offense and good defense. He'll do everything he needs on what they need from both ends of the floor, score, rebound, and by the way, have a lot of experience. And the, the number was thrown out there of 90 games. Well, Jesse Edwards has played 95 games, and he started all 32 for this past season for Syracuse. And I think you're going to like his averages. Oh, I know I do. 14.5 points, 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, a game. And he also, for his career, is shooting 63%. By the way, if he does land at K-State, that means that I'll probably be getting, be getting some authentic Stroopwafels again. Stroopwafels? His family is from the Netherlands. Right. Mm-hmm. His older brother played for Northern Colorado. There's always ties. Love his parents. Great, great family. Have you met Jesse Edwards? Yes, I have. Pretty cool guy? Solid guy. Absolutely a solid guy. Okay. The older brother, pretty cool? Older brother is exceptionally cool. All right. There have been a few whispers that K-State has reached out to him. As a matter of fact, that's been reported that K-State has reached out to him. I hope this is a very strong bond. I think this would be a very solid get for K-State, even though he just has one year of eligibility remaining. That's the thing. Where does the priority fall? Caden Chedrick from Virginia, who is 6'11". He's the one from North Carolina. I got the cities mixed up there. Uh, but he does have a couple of years of eligibility remaining and a bunch of upside. And I will say this as well. Jesse Edwards, the 6'11 center from Syracuse, he has never missed a three in his career. He's one for one. 
The only thing is he's not a great free throw shooter. No, he is he's not that. Does that does that fall in the family too? Is that a family thing? Uh yes, that is. But here's the added little tidbit to this. Uh he grew up playing tennis. Great footwork. And you put that in with what K-State did in terms of developmental last year with guys on the interior especially, I like what that could bring to K-State for that year. When it, Yeah, when it comes to the bigs in the portal, this might be as about as exciting as it gets right now. And Jesse Edwards, I think, would be a solid addition to the team. But I'm sure a lot of people will be after him. And going back to Caden Chedrick, who has narrowed down his list to five, K-State falls into that five. So where is the priority? I think either guy would be great. (laughs) Just with Jesse Edwards, the numbers just steal my attention away. I mean, it's hard to ignore the numbers. And Jesse Edwards has done that. So I do like that the foot is in the door with K-State. They've established the dialogue. Now it's just about moving forward, taking the next steps. Now I will say there is a guard from North Texas who happened to be the Conference USA Player of the Year that had like a list of 12 schools in case it wasn't on it. But the latest whispers are like, huh, maybe the Cats are actually in on this gentleman. And I'm going to bring that up with Mason Voth. Coming up at 510, we'll get more into this player from North Texas that K-State might have a shot with, who is very good. Very good. But coming up next, I haven't done one in a while. I want to do a top 10. That's after these words on the game. Oh, those Royals. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's it's bad when the most entertaining part of last night's game was an infielder coming in to pitch because it was a blowout and he's throwing heat. Talking about Nate Eaton. Did you see that? I saw it was 92, wasn't it? Uh, I think he topped out at 95. I know that he had about 17 inches worth of dip in terms of displacement from where the pitch started and where it ended up. It was impressive. He was a reliever at VMI. Oh, was he? Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, First pitching performance in the majors, but that would be his first pitching effort since 2018 when he was a player in college. I mean, do you give him a shot in a more interesting situation and not in a 10 or 11 to 2 game? The flaw is that you have new rules in place that limit the opportunities for position players to pitch. MLB and its rules. 
I just saw the written. I just saw the numbers, by the way, from last night. Four games last night ending between eight thirty and nine o'clock. Six games ended between nine and nine thirty. Three games ended between nine thirty and ten oh seven last night. So they're balancing out really well in terms of their time. Remember, I think we were talking off air, and I brought up the uh, the thought that you know I could see the pitch clock in baseball taking effect on fans' wallets. I, did I say that to you? I don't know that we got into that conversation, but yes, it is an item that has concerns. But I know that uh, John Sherman of the Royals had talked about, uh, in fact, on opening day, talked about the fact that in the minors they weren't seeing an appreciable impact. Now, there is some discussion uh, already this afternoon that some ballparks are pushing back their ending of sales time for beer because games are moving so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, do the Royals wrap it up in the seventh or something like that? Most do. Most go seventh inning. I mean, I figured. I was... Yeah, either I don't know about pushing it back, but you might see the the prices go up, potentially, or maybe both. Dear God, I hope not. Well, I mean, I Tons I enjoy I enjoy a cold one at a ball game just as much as anybody else, but it's already what, Jesus, fifteen bucks for a beer now, or at least that's what I paid when I went to Coppin Stadium last, and that was for a concert. I don't know if that was just concert prices. I mean, maybe a few places you get a cheaper beer. I'll get the opportunity to find out coming up in May. I think uh, K State's April sixteenth is, is on April, the, April 16th. So five days away. Mm-hmm. Yep, Monica and I will have tickets for the Sunday before Memorial Day. Who are they playing? The Nationals. But it will be our first time to a Royals game since two thousand. Oh, geez. At the K. Mm-hmm. Wow. Have not been to the K since they renovated. Any of it. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, it's going to look a little different. Yeah, just a touch. Do you want the new? Do you want the downtown ballpark? I'm split on that. I do. I get the, the lure of having the downtown ballpark. And I'll admit, I like Coors Field in that aspect. The flaw is parking is a nightmare. And traffic is a nightmare. Not that traffic's all that great around the K, but I've I've left many events at the T Mobile Center where the place has been packed and I didn't leave early. I've never really had an issue with traffic in downtown KC. I think you get a decent amount of foot traffic. But with the actual like cars and stuff, like I I've never really had an issue of leaving. It's the only issues I've ever ever really had was just getting out of the parking garage. One of the arguments I think that's going to be made for downtown, and I'm intrigued to see if it comes to fruition, the convenience of location in comparison to being out at the sports complex. One of the things that makes Coors Field work in Denver, as an example, is just the fact that it is in downtown because people are attracted to downtown. Yeah. I think it I think it'd be better games would be better attended even if Kansas City is not great. Mhm. Uh Now what would they still be able to make money off parking? I guess that's yes. the thing. Okay. Yes, there's the likelihood that they would own a number of lots that are around there. 
for themselves. The thing is, though, now the parking is up to $20, and nobody nobody wants to pay consistently 20 bucks. You'd be surprised for, for baseball games. 20, 20 bucks is a is a norm for parking. In in baseball? It is. I think that's one of the higher numbers. Uh Coors Field is easily $20 if you're picking one of the team lots or if you're picking one of the ones within about a 3 block radius. The thing is like do, do the Royals offer like season ticket parking passes or anything or is it game by game? Because if you if you paid 20 bucks a game and you went to all all the home games I mean, you're talking over sixteen hundred bucks, right? No, it's got to be built into your. It's got to be built into your season ticket, doesn't it? It you, it has to be. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I've never had, nor have I ever known anybody that's had season tickets yeah. to the Royals. Valid. Other than maybe you know, of course, when they made their run and season tickets went way up, but of course now I'm sure they're way down. And actually, the the last few times I've even attended games, I've just got tickets through the station or we had like affiliates day at the k and that's always a good time sometimes when we get a suite and that's pretty awesome get all that free food but i've never had to worry about parking because we were there early enough that nobody was charging here you go just in the division white Sox 27 dollars guardians between 35 and 100 near the ballpark comerica 22 dollars minnesota between twelve and thirty-five dollars. Mm. No lots, though, designated by the team in Minnesota. I don't want to play twenty bucks for parking to watch crappy baseball. That's just where I'm at. And also, I mean, if you wanted to park anywhere else outside the complex, it's a it's quite the hike to get there. Yes. Oh yeah. So that's the thing. It's that's the other aspect about it being downtown. At least then you're in the neighborhood all right anyway uh i suppose let's let's do this let's take a break when we come back we'll get to my top 10 list i saw that i think i saw that same you probably looked up the same article i saw earlier right because i was looking at all 30 and the parking situations like the prices and i swore i it seemed like the royals probably were in the top half of parking because it used to be for a long time, it felt like it was twelve bucks, which is a weird price. I, mi- I miss the days of ten. Do some, uh, yeah. Find that, find that out. Like, if you have season tickets, do you get a parking pass? Or are you paying every game? We'll get the answer from Troy when we come back. Plus, my top ten list after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What is going on? <laughs> Macklemore. 
Oh God! I would if you if you give me, gave me a hundred guesses. Appropriately enough, downtown. Okay, what'd you find out? Uh, depends on the level of season ticket you purchase. Ah, uh, so if you're you do get discounts no matter what. Yeah. If as as a season ticket holder. Okay. But you're still paying. But you're still paying. Yeah. There's no there's no full season pass. Correct. Mm. All right, let's get to my top ten list of this week. It's been a while since I've I've done one. It's been a while since we've had a two hour show on a Tuesday. Uh, so my top ten list is around the NFL draft, and I was looking at the running backs list. Like ESPN is a great example because you know the Todd McShays, the Mel Kuypers, they have their list of uh, basically best available, and it's hundreds. Of guys, right? Uh, well, I was looking through the list and like, you know, like when it comes to, you know, defensive end, Felix and DK Uzama, fifth best, according to ESPN, when it comes to the defensive ends. That's not a bad place, even though Will McDonald is ahead of him. And there's like projections that Will McDonald would be taken by the Chiefs in the first round and not Felix and DK Uzama. I will say, though, I, I've, I've seen many mock drafts trying to get a feel of what people are feeling now about Felix. So probably be the first cat taken off the board. A whole bunch does have the Chiefs taking them in the first round. Now, keep this in mind. It's like bracketology. Yes, a lot of people have their opinions. They're not always right. Uh, but it's still fun to see that, right, if you're a Chiefs fan and a K-State fan. Uh, it, Malik Knowles uh, is projected to be a fourth rounder right now in the NFL draft, a wide receiver. Uh, Julius Brintz could be right behind Felix when it comes to being selected in the draft. He could be an early second-round guy. That's awesome. Deuce Vaughn. According to those folks at ESPN, is the 17th best running back for this year's NFL draft. Whoa. 17th. Now, does that have anything to do with him not being a full participant at Pro Day, at the Combine, I don't know. It's his size. And I saw, like, NFL.com, they do, like, a full breakdown of strength and weaknesses for every player that were at the Combine. And one of the weaknesses was about Deuce Vaughn, that he wasn't built to pick up blitzes. And I was like, What? Did we not watch Deuce Vaughn play this last year? That's a shot at his size. It's not so much that he can't do it. He just isn't built to do that at the NFL level, according to the NFL. All right. Listen, NFL and ESPN. I don't like what you have to say and where you're grading out. Hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. So top 10 list is my top 10 best available running backs for the NFL draft that will start in 16 days in Kansas City. And with hair that rivals Mel Kuyper. Okay, I have something playing on my side. Let me figure that out. All right. I think I got to figure it out. Okay, here we go. Let's start. Number 10. Number 10, I'm going to go with uh, Chris Rodriguez from Kentucky. Uh, was a bit shy of being a 1,000-yard rusher this year. That's because he had to miss four games. He was suspended. Uh, I'll get to that here in just a second. But, I mean, this is a very powerful runner. I'm a big fan of his, actually. Um, the thing is, though, he missed the four games due to a DUI. Also charged with careless driving, but 
you know who's somebody that abides by the law and is a careful driver? It's Deuce Vaughn. Number nine. Number nine is Kendry Miller from TCU. 1,400 yards rushing at 17 touchdowns. What I really like about Kendry Miller is that he's a hard guy to tackle, and he was one of the more fun running backs to watch when it comes to actually like dragging tacklers. Kind of that M.O. this past year. Being a real powerful back, he's got some speed. Now, something that scouts don't like about Kendry Miller is that he doesn't have enough trust in who's blocking for him. That is a legit concern for the scouts. You know who's somebody that really trusts his blockers? It's Deuce Vaughn. Number eight. Number eight, uh, another guy I'm a really big fan of from Illinois and Chase Brown. I think it, if he had star power, I mean, he, he played at Illinois. It's hard to get star power when he had Illinois, but I think going into last year, he did have some. Uh, 1,600 yard rusher, he had 10 touchdowns. He had over 900 yards rushing in nine consecutive games last year. This dude's a workhorse. He is somebody you can give the pill to many times a game. He averaged 27 runs a game this last year. Um, but, you know, something that the scouts don't like about Chase Brown is that he tends to just have one speed as a runner. You know, there's somebody that has more than one speed. As a matter of fact, he's really an eight-speed guy. That's Deuce Vaughn. Number seven. Another guy I really like. As a matter of fact, we saw him in person at the Bill, and that's Tajay Spears of Tulane. 1,600 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. Uh, and what was really impressive about him is he finished with 21 touchdowns, but he averaged seven yards a carry, another workhorse. That was a tough guy to tackle. Uh, but according to scouts, he, he lacks pace and decisiveness. Well, guys, when it comes to having the perfect amount of pace and making great decisions, does it get better than Deuce Vaughn? Number six. Number six is from UCLA. His name is Zach Charbonnet, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He played in the Pac-12. I can't find their games anywhere. By the time he plays, it's Pac-12 after dark, and I'm just kind of you know in the background noise phase of my college football watching on Saturday nights. Now, he is a good running back, 1,400 yards this past season and 14 touchdowns. He's got speed. I guess scouts really like his frame. Um, but, you know... What scouts don't like about him, he's got this hip tightness. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad they threw that out there because when I think about Deuce Vaughn and the loosest hips in the world, Deuce Vaughn, man, hashtag my boy. He'd probably be a great dancer. I don't know that for a fact. I've never seen him dance. But those hips don't lie. Unless you're a defender and you think he's going one way, well, they just lied to you. He's going the other way. Number five. Number five is that guy from Texas A&M, Devin something or other. Uh, plays in the SEC, 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. He's limited this year. He's got speed, and I, I'm a sucker for speed. And I think sometimes the NFL is as well. Suckers for speed. I throw him at number five because I think he will be a high pick in the NFL draft. Uh, I I don't know if he ran the best 40 at the Combine, 
but he was a 4.32 and that speed. I mean, that's blazing. Um, but what scouts don't like about him is he can be a little bit too patient at times and he drops passes. Guys, Deuce Vaughn is a receiver, rarely drops the ball. You throw it where the hands can get to it, and he's going to catch the ball. And being a little bit too patient at times, Deuce Vaughn knows when to be patient and when not to be patient, okay? Number four. To me, number four is the most underrated running back in the draft, and that's Dwayne McBride from UAB. Alabama-Birmingham. He ran for over 1,700 yards, 19 touchdowns, and he ran for over 120 yards in 11 and 10 of the 11 games he played in the regular season. Now, what some scouts don't like about him is, okay, he might not be the best at picking up the blitz, and he's not the most useful in the passing game. Um, guys, if you want a guy that can have experience in the passing game and pick up a blitz, you look at hashtag my boy, Deuce Vaughn. Number three. Jameer Gibbs of Alabama. Impressive. Looked really good in the bowl game watching him in live in person. He didn't have his best game, but he still looked good. He's got blazing speed, 4-3-40. He's great getting past defenders, breaking tackles. He's a bit indecisive when he's processing his inside runs. The thing is, though, um, Alabama lied about his size. I caught them red-handed. Nobody else did, but I caught him. Because at one point, he was listed. I'm, I, I remember this very well. He was, I'm pretty sure he was listed at six foot. He was 5'9 at the combine. Wow. That's a serious markdown. You know, Deuce Vaughn has never lied about his size. He has been very upfront, guys, with his measurements. So if you're looking for a guy that's not going to lie to you, look at hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. Number two. We continue on with my top 10 running backs available for the NFL draft. Kansas City starts in a couple weeks. Number two is B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson from Texas does, you know, we, we, we've seen him play, right? In person or on TV, if you pay attention to Big 12 football, the guy's the real deal. But he doesn't have a Big 12 championship, does he? Do you know who wins championships? Hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. And then finally. Number one. Number one in the most unbiased top ten I've ever done. Hashtag my boy, Deuce Vaughn. NFL teams do the right thing. Because if you don't do the right thing, a team's going to go find themselves like an Isaiah Pacheco where selected late in the draft, they find out this guy's the real deal. He's better than what we got. And then goes goes and wins the Super Bowl. If you want to win a Super Bowl... You draft hashtag my boy Deuce Vaughn. I got a good feeling that this will be uh, this will not be the last time we bring up Deuce Vaughn or any other cat heading into the draft that starts in 16 days. Still to come in the show. Exit and re-entry, new basketball court, 
It's a couple of questions that were answered earlier today by Gene Taylor, Athletics Director of K-State. We're kicking off hour number two with Mason Vogt from Ema Online. The Baltimore Orioles, to wrap up hour one, has debuted a new home run celebration. I need to ask Troy because I'm not sure. Is it actually a cool celebration? Is it a good one? We're bringing it to the panel next. Are you ready, Troy? Okay. Let me take you to Camden Yards. Orioles A's yesterday. Orioles win five to one. They're five and five to start the year. By the way, the the A's rather are two and eight. Uh, it could be worse, Orioles fans. It could be worse, I guess. Um. So bottom of the first inning, A's are up one nothing. Ryan Mountcastle hits a home run. Gets back to the dugout, and as you may know, actually this is a new rule in college baseball this year when he hit a home run. If you're going to celebrate with a prop, you have to do that in the dugout. You cannot bring it outside the dugout. K-State used to do great celebrations with props. Remember, there used to be a sledgehammer. I think it was Drew Mount used to take a big old bite out of an onion as he was heading back into the dugout. Mount Castle, after he hits his home run, goes back into the dugout, and waiting for him is an Orioles funnel. And it looks like, you know, like a beer funnel. Yeah. Funnel's not that big. They take a small water bottle and start pouring the water bottle down the funnel. And at the bottom of that funnel, ready to uh, chug the water, is Ryan Mountcastle. I don't know if you saw this, but I I can't decide if I like it. I mean, doing a you know beer funnel or whatever, it does seem like a very bro baseball thing to do. Valid. But... Accounting like it's water, you know, it's not, you know, it's not any alcohol or anything, and that may change the story a little bit, of course. But like, it's in the dugout. Nobody's reacting to it. Like the dugout didn't even really seem like it cared. I don't know if I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm kind of so-so on it. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not real big on it. The image is not a good one. But that's kind of me just cringing as the old guy. Crap, I'm getting old. Join the club. I used to think that was the most badass thing ever for a celebration. If anybody were to do it. We have ice and ibuprofen. Hour to the game. We're going to kick things off with Mason Voth next. Your local news.